Welcome to another episode of the Marriage Mentor Podcast with Eric and Jolene Engel, where Eric and Jolene answer marriage questions for believers, looking at the root of the problem instead of the symptom, always while applying God's wisdom and word for a Christ-centered marriage. Hey, before we get started, I just wanted to share a special offer for our listeners, and it's called the Makeover Your Marriage Bundle. Hun, real quick, tell just a little bit about it before we get into the podcast. Yeah, the Makeover Your Marriage Bundle consists of four of my most popular programs and teaching packages combined. You get Christian Wife University, the Wisdom for Wives online conference, Five Days to a Better Marriage eCourse, Communication and Marriage Workshop, and a complimentary three-day, two-night stay in a deluxe hotel at any one of 50 locations in the U.S. Wait for it. For only $97. $97. Nice. You can find out more at jolienangle.com forward slash makeover. Now, while everyone's considering this opportunity to strengthen their marriage, uh, let's go ahead and get into the podcast. And then we'll have more information about this package at the end of the episode. Hi, my name's Eric Engel, and I'm here with my comfortable (laughs) and beautiful wife, Jolene, for another episode of the Marriage Mentor Podcast. Tell me, and you're smiling at me, but uh, you look all comfy. You got your blanket on, you got your hat on, you're just sitting there with your computer on your lap. Uh, Tell me what we're doing today and and what we're talking about. Today we're discussing um, rebuilding trust in your marriage. And yes, I am quite comfortable. It's probably a good 60 degrees here in Southern California, which is quite cold for us. That's not common. We even have little floor heaters at our feet. So sorry for all you, uh, you know, Midwesterners and those living in the snow and the rain. That's it rained here just the other day. And I think it's probably rained, what, five times in the last year, maybe? It was 60 degrees. I mean, that right. that, that puts a crimp in my outdoor volleyball <laughs> schedule right there. Right. So anyways, today we are rebuilding trust in, in marriage. And we have um, a gal who has shared her story asking for help, so we're going to listen to it. Okay. Hi, Jolene. This is Megan. Uh, Me and my husband have been married for four years, and he is a believer. He is in the military, so he's away quite often. And about a year ago, I found out that he was lying to me about places that he had been while he was away from our home. He had been going to strip clubs and uh, excessively drinking with friends out at bars. Since then, we decided that we would really try to crack down and work on our marriage. He told me, well, he has deleted his Facebook, which he said was a trigger because he was lusting after other women. And um, he also has significantly cut down on his drinking. He doesn't, he no longer goes to the bars. However, um, I still feel like I can't trust him after a year. And I feel that these are more maintenance issues, like we're just trying to upkeep. Whereas, I don't think it's really touching the root issue of the trust. We did see a counselor that came, claimed to be a Christian counselor, and she told me that maybe I was expecting too much out of him, uh, that he was used to being single because he was in the military, and that maybe I should, I should try to cut down on my expectations. So I'm just wondering what your suggestions are to regain the trust. That would really hit the issue. Thank you. All right. Did I hear correctly that she said he goes to strip bars 
Strip clubs. Strip clubs. Well, strip clubs and and bars. And bars. Okay. But he is a believer. And he's, they've been married four years. Correct. Okay. He's been in the military, so he's gone a lot of the time to strip bars because that's what is required from the military (laughs) to go to strip clubs and bars. Okay. And then she's gone to a, a Christian counselor. Or a counselor who claims to be a Christian. Well, she, right. Christian counselor who has said, maybe you expect too much from your husband because he's used to being uh, single. Right. And thus going to strip bars and going out and drinking with people. Okay. So I guess if I followed, and by the way, I hope you can hear the sarcasm here. <laughs> I could hear it. But... I, I guess that you can say, well, before I was saved, uh, I was used to killing people. So cut me a break because I still like beating people up and putting them in the hospital. Okay. I don't follow that line of logic and I think it's absolutely absurd. Well, it's just a boatload of excuses to sin. Okay, so let's go back to, he's a believer, but he does this. I'd like to see a raise of hands in the room or across the country or across the globe. How many, how many of you here believe that believers uh, spend time in, in strip bars or strip clubs? <laughs> I, I mean, really, give me a stinking break. Right. Okay. Well, it sounds like he just let loose and either he wasn't truly saved or he didn't care no one's watching him he got in a bad crowd he made stupid choices okay because she has said he has stopped doing these things okay well and and i would applaud that we're all stupid we all do stupid things Okay. okay but but there's there's two there's two different things to consider here number one i stopped doing something because i got caught right or i've been threatened that i'm gonna leave or whatever Okay. Or they were convicted by the Holy Spirit that right. what I'm doing is wrong. That's the other one. Okay. Okay. And you know which one we vote, we vote for. Right. Let, let me ask you, uh, what would you do if I start going to strip clubs and going out drinking at bars? Simple. I don't even have to think about it. I'd change the locks. Done. I'd change the locks. It's like when you want to grow up and follow Jesus and proclaim to act the way that you're proclaiming, then we'll have a conversation. But I'm not going to put up with your garbage. It's one thing if you said to me, you know, hon, after, well, you're 55. So after you got saved when you were seven, I can't do the math that fast. 48? <laughs> well, yes, because it's the same age as me. Right. I'm 48. You've been saved for 48 years. After 48 years, I've decided I'm no longer going to follow Jesus. Okay, now I'd have a better expectation of what your life is going to be like. You're going to throw all caution to the wind and do whatever you want to do and no longer lead a godly life. Okay. But if you come home one day still professing to be a believer and you're telling me that you're doing these things, I'm like, there's the door. Okay. I'm not, I will not put up with that. Okay. That that's unacceptable. So this stupid, lame Christian counselor who says, well, maybe your expectations are too high. I'm like, excuse me, we made vows and he professes to be a believer. Well, that's really interesting. I mean, maybe the counselor is a Christian. I believe that the counselor may have been a Christian for about a day, (laughs) giving that type of that type of guidance. Okay. now, yes, uh, the counselor could be a, a Christian, 
quote in quotes. Okay, but here's the thing: if you're looking, if you're looking for counsel, okay, and you're saying, "Well, we want to go to a Christian counselor," there are some things that you need to find out before you submit yourself under that authority. Okay, number one, you need to ask them, "What does the Bible teach about marriage?" Okay, and if you don't know, you better get in the Bible and find out before you even ask the counselor, but ask them what the Bible teaches about marriage, number one, okay? Number two, ask them if they follow that in their marriage, right? Correct. I mean, I, mean, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't sit under any type of influence like that if there wasn't fruit in their own life and if they weren't teaching sound doctrine because psychology has satanic roots. Sigmund Freud is like the father of psychology. Well, he was an an atheist. Okay? Right. So I'm not saying don't talk to someone because I believe that women, women need to talk to someone about their issues. Well, and there's a difference between uh, trying to say that that you're ruled by all the psychology or why do you do the things you do why are you feeling this way? Maybe you can't sort out your feelings. Right. Maybe you can't sort out maybe how you guys treat each other crummy. Right. I mean, you know, so counsel is advised in the, the Bible. The Bible talks about that. Yeah. Absolutely. You know, seek out, but it's godly counsel. And a lot of times um, these these counselors who profess to be Christians aren't using the Bible as their number one base for instruction. They're using what the psychology that they were taught. Well, and here's here's what I find really interesting about this story right here is it looks like what what the counselor is trying to do is bring them both closer to a middle agreement versus bring them to a godly standard. Right. Okay. And if you're going to counsel you need to always find a counselor that will take you to a godly standard versus some meeting in between. Okay? It, it doesn't matter. Well, then there, what's happening, when you meet in between and you're not standing on the word of God, you're then leaning on your own understanding. Okay? Right. Well, and she said maybe she's being a little too hard on him. Look, uh, Mr. and Mrs. Counselor, it is not my standard that my husband has to to live by or my wife has to live by. It's God's standard. Right. Otherwise, don't profess to be a follower of Christ. I mean, to follow Christ is nothing easy. It's not an easy thing to do. We have to lay down our lives. We have to pick up our cross. We have to die to ourselves. There's nothing easy about that. Right. But the instruction is not hard. Do you see the difference? The instruction itself is crystal clear. Absolutely. Okay. It's the doing that's hard. And so when a counselor gives some instruction that is like foggy, cloudy, it's just like, uh, I don't know that that's good instruction because the instruction is, well, how, how, how does this make you feel, Miss, Mr. Smith? How does this make you feel, Mrs. Smith? Can you come to an agreement together? Well, that's not a biblical foundation. That's how you feel. Well, and, and there's, there's some other advice I want to give her. Because let's say that he is saved. Right. Okay. But he's been saved for a very short amount of time. Okay. Because when you when you become saved, it doesn't mean that immediately everything changes. Right. Okay. Hey, You're you stop. with immediate wisdom. And- right. You, you stop smoking. You stop drinking. You stop sleeping around. You okay? stop cursing. But, you stop hating. Right. You stop. But, but what happens is that the Holy Spirit. Hate. 
I still am bitter. You know, I, every day I have to fight those things. I've been walking with the Lord for over 20 years. Okay. I get it. And we'll deal with you in a minute. <laughs> well, I, I, <laughs> well, I, but, I, but the, the, well, the point I'm making though, is that the Holy Spirit starts convicting you of that. Right. If you have ever heard the term of you have to catch the fish first before you clean it. Right. Okay. So the Holy Spirit will start convicting. If you're truly. I still, sm- I still spoke like a sailor after being <laughs> saved for several months. I'm like, oh, yeah, I need to like stop throwing those words out. That's unbecoming. But that's the Holy Spirit doing it. Okay. Right. Right. Because all of a sudden you do start getting convicted and not feeling great about this. And, and hey, this doesn't bring me the pleasure that it did, you know, right. and, and and I don't feel right. I'm now here in this strip bar and I just don't feel right about this. Right. Okay, That will be the evidence of someone being saved. Okay, right. but if he's been saved for a while and he's doing this stuff, guess what? And and I'm I'm really sad to say this, but chances are he's not saved. Right. Or if he is, that the Holy Spirit is completely quenched in his life, and he I, doesn't I, care. He doesn't care. No. You know. He doesn't care. And in essence, he's denying the Lord by doing that. And right. Jesus said, "If you deny me before men, I will deny you before the Father." Okay, right. so it is really well, we, we we do a lot of grieving of the Holy Spirit um, when we sin. And when I understand we, we all do. And by the way, I'm not I'm not here saying that I'm a perfect Christian. I am not. Okay, we are all aware aware of that. <laughs> I'm glad. Let's just get that on the record right now. Okay, but there is a standard that every Christian is required to move towards and constantly be pursuing, and it's God's standard. If I was okay. sitting down with this woman over coffee, and I'd ask her, well, how long has your husband been saved? Because based on his choices, his life choices, I would assume that he hasn't been saved very long. Um, I, I did have a conversation with another woman who said, well, I think my husband's a baby Christian. And I'm like, oh, and I'm thinking, okay, so he's maybe been saved for a year or something. She tells me he's been saved for 10 years. I'm like, whoa, back the truck up. You, you don't have no baby Christian on your hands. You have a carnal Christian on your hands. Okay. So what is your advice? Because in that case, the relationship shifts. Right. Okay. And now she has to treat him as an unbeliever versus a believer. Exactly. If I were living with a carnal Christian husband. Oh, that might be a great, great episode there. Because there are a lot of carnal Christian husbands, carnal Christian wives. The the pleasures of this world are just so enticing. And they're like, oh, yeah, the Bible's boring. Oh, yeah, I don't want to. I just want to feed my flesh all day long because it's so good. Yeah, sin is fun for a season, and then you reap the consequences because the Bible is clear. You reap what you sow. So this man has sowed destruction to his marriage. Right. Okay? And I guess the question I'd ask this wife is, do you guys have any heart-to-heart talks about spiritual growth? Okay, because that's really this, to me, that's really the root issue is, why is he not growing? I know the first thing you'd ask him. What? You'd say, are you going to church? Oh, yes. Yes. The first thing I'd ask the wife is, are the two of you going to church? Because there's a correlation between a very fractured marriage, a a carnal Christian, to um, how often are they attending church? 
And a lot of times it's, oh, Christmas and Easter, hit and miss there because we can't get out of bed on Sunday morning. Well, why can't you get out of bed on Sunday morning? Well, because we stay up late on Saturday night or because, you know, we let our kids stay up late and there's no plan to be intentional to go to church on Sunday morning. Well, it's interesting because uh, most people can get up to make it to work because their boss gives them a check. Right. But they can't get up to go to church even though God gave them eternal life. Right. Well... To them, church is not important. Either they're not getting fed at church or they feel condemned at church. Those are problems, okay? It's time to start looking for another church if you're not getting fed or you're condemned at church. that That's not a right. good place to be as Christians. It's time to find a new church. But if you're not going to church because you're lazy and you're not intentional about it, then it's time for you to grow up Christian, okay? So I'd ask her, are you guys going to church? Well, he's not going. Well, are you going? Because a lot of times the wife won't go if he won't go. And it's just like, girlfriend, get out of bed and go to church. Because you, it, just so you know, every single wife, every single wife on this planet has been let down and the trust has been broken by their husband. Hands down. Whoa, whoa. <laughs> Easy, tiger. <laughs> am, I, am I correct in that or not? I mean, have... You're right on the money. Okay, right on the money. Now, the, the degree is different. You know, you're not going to strip club and bars. Not that okay. you know of. Yeah, really. Um, but the degree is different. <laughs> That's there, a joke. there is a um, an intimacy break because of the strip clubs. I mean, you know, he's just a fool for doing that because he doesn't realize the the crushing blow it does to a wife that he's gone out and you know whether it's the porn or the the strip clubs that he's now lusting after these women that. He has some severe damage control to do. He's and just putting himself in an environment. Okay, I mean, think about just think about a swimming pool, one that's all green and nasty, and right. one that's beautiful, clear blue. We've had okay? both. We've had both. Right. Okay. I tell you, when it was green and nasty, I never got in and swam around. Right. I didn't. Right. Okay. But yet it's green and nasty, and he's like, hey. I'm going to get in and swim around. No, it, it, it's just stupid. Okay. But he's struggling. Okay. He's either struggling or he's not, he's not who he says he is. Right. And I, and that goes back to the questions that I would have, you know, as a wife, I'd, I'd say, well, what, what in a non-condemning way. Okay. And I don't know the, the atmosphere. If there's a lot of tension, you got to be able to come to your husband as a friend and almost like a bridge between you, you, him, and Jesus, okay? You're the influencer, you're the cultivator, and your husband has made some choices. He's he's fallen down spiritually, mm-hmm. okay? And I, and I would say to him, love, well, what happened? What made you make those choices? Knowing that you're not going to jump on his case. He's got to know that you're safe and, and he could... Right. Right, I'm, I, and I'm not telling her to jump on his case. That's right. my that's my job here in the podcast. Right. Well, okay. you jump on men's cases. I kind of jump on on the females' cases sometimes. When you know, it's just like you can't expect you know to have these great relationships when you have double standards. But if the woman could be um, kind of like the Good Samaritan wife, you know, the the man by the side of the road who was beaten up and stuff. Why did this? Why did her husband make these choices? And and if you could come across in a very loving, gracious way so you could understand his heart, because the heart will express what's going on. Well, you know, I've been away from you and 
I haven't seen your body. I have, you know, the, there would give some understanding there. And I think that that will help her get into his heart and know what makes him tick, know what makes him fragile, know what makes him susceptible, okay, where they can move forward to start repairing that, okay? And then they can put some boundaries in place because she's saying, I don't think we're getting to the root issue. Well, yeah, I would agree. You know, I would hands down agree. You're not getting to the root issue because the root issue resides in his heart. The the root issue is not that he's going to these places or doing these things. Right. It's like, why is he doing these things? You know, does he did he stop believing in Jesus? Did he stop um, following the ways of the Lord? I don't know how deep he was to begin with. If he's a very shallow Christian, if he's still on the milk as a baby Christian, what I need to do as your wife, hon, to help you grow in the Lord? I'd, I'd ask, do you want to grow in the Lord? You might, I think you asked me that yesterday, and I probably said no based on where I was spiritually. <laughs> you know, but see, you and I could have those heart to hearts because you're not going to hit me over the head with a club or the Bible. No. Did you see the difference there? Because a lot of times, People may do that. And I love to give biblical instruction. Okay. I'm strong in truth, weaker in grace. Okay. So I always have to tell myself, you're a woman of grace, be gracious, act gracious, you know, telling myself, be this to this person. Because if you could be gracious and bring truth, that's going to bring a lot of healing. Okay. That will encourage her soul. It will encourage his soul. Right. Okay. He he still... But he still has a standard that he has to... He can't use that as an excuse. He can't... Absolutely, he can't. And I think the counselor was dead wrong, and she should, like, hang up her stupid diploma and go work at Walmart. Right. Okay? I mean, I'm sorry, but that's bad, bad instruction. That's not sound doctrine. You know, as as Jesus said, you make, you make your followers twice as fit for right. hell as you are yourself. Right. I mean, when I heard that that's what the counselor told her, it was just like... That's just ridiculous that what we can't, we can't follow the Lord because, you know, we're, we're too consumed with a life we once had. That's not true. We have the power of the, the Holy Spirit within us. That's just a cop out. Now, there are times that as women, our expectations are too high. <laughs> Hands down. <laughs> what percentage of the time is that? Well, I, I mean... I've just kind of learned over the years, don't have high expectations in general, because, you know, if you're living for the Lord, you, you have a target on your back. I understand. But here's the deal. Uh, in general, in society, women have a higher sense of responsibility yes. than men. Okay. They are more multifaceted than right. men. Men are more focused on one thing at a time. Okay. Right. And so they aren't consumed with all these responsibilities necessarily or all these things in their mind as a woman is. I mean, in general. In general. In general. I mean, there are always exceptions. So because of that higher sense of responsibility, you might be uptight about something. I just say, ah, it's not a big deal. Let it go. Okay. And so now... I have disappointed you because I don't have that high sense of responsibility (laughs) like, like you do. Right. I think that there, we have to learn as women to have, there's both sides to the coin, in my opinion, because there are certain expectations that I have as a wife. I'm not budging on them. Ain't budging. We took vows. This is what I expect. Right. And then there's the other side that it's just like, that's a ridiculous expectation. Why am I putting that on you? 
So this wife has to really sit down and say, what are what are some biblical expectations that I should have of my professing Christian husband? That's okay? that's a good term, biblical expectations. Because how many wives have expectations that are not biblical? Right. They are just personal expectations. Right. But it ha- in my mind, you and I, we made a vow. We made a commitment. So here's, and you profess to be a Christian. That, that means you're stuck with me. Okay, so this <laughs> is, and I have expectations. <laughs> so in my mind, I expect you as a professing Christian to forgive me when I screw up. Okay. Right. Otherwise, don't profess to be a Christian. Okay. In my mind, because you asked me to be your wife, I have this expectation that you will be faithful to me. Otherwise, you shouldn't have asked me to be your wife. Okay. And vice versa. Correct. There there are some simple biblical expectations between husband and wife that, okay, here's, well, what do I normally say? The four things that a husband does, the four things that a wife the four things that a husband is, as to be a biblical husband, he's to, to lead, love, protect, provide. I expect those four things from you. Okay? Okay. I'm okay with that. Okay. The other things, that you're to forgive, that we're to cleave with one another, and we're to have sex with one another. Those are across the board for both sexes. Right. Okay? For the wife, she is to help, love, Respect, submit. Oh, the S word in the 21st century. Okay. Most women will say no to that. Well, if they say no to it, then they're out of order. Right. As well as if the man says no to the other list, he's out of order. So those are biblical expectations that both professing Christians, married Christians that should have for each other. Okay. That it's just like that's in line with the Bible. Now, here's where the grace comes in. We're not perfect. We fall short. So your, so your final advice for her would be what? My final advice for her would be um, find, find a woman, an older, biblical-based, sound doctrine woman who does not need to have some stupid degree that says who she is, that is in, she's in line with the Bible, Pray for her if you don't have her in her life, in, in your life. Pray for her that God will show you who she is so you could talk to her. And maybe that's your pastor's wife. I don't know. Maybe it's your Bible study leader. So you could talk to her because a woman does need to talk to another woman. Okay, but this this gal can't, she can't necessarily hold her husband accountable. Okay. You, you guys could put into place, you know, some parameters. Right. He's not on Facebook. He's not going to the bars. I would be an encouraging wife, an inspiring wife in those moments and say, you know, say to him, you're such a godly man. Look at the choices that you're making. So I'm, I would be building him up because of those choices. Because he does need to be built up. He walked away from the things of the Lord for a reason. Right. And just putting the restrictions on him does not change his heart. No, because now she's parenting him. And and that's not going to work. I mean, you put someone in jail. I watch all these shows on TV about jails and stuff and crime. And you put someone in jail, they still, if their heart hasn't changed, they're still deviant. Right. And they're still doing their deviant activity in jail. Okay. It's, they're just hiding it better. Right. So I would inspire him. I would encourage him. I would um, be very much of showing him his growth, 
his Christian growth because a lot of times we don't have people um, cheering us on in that if he's coming out of that lifestyle. I would make sure that they're attending church on a regular basis, whether he goes with her or not. And I would be praying for that Christian woman to come into my life. And if I didn't have that Christian woman, then I would be writing, um, I would be talking to the Lord. And when I say writing to the Lord, that's how my time of prayer is very focused. Because the tr- she's got to learn how to trust God more with this marriage than trusting her husband. Every wife does. Okay. So... There are expectations, and I would say, well, what husband, what are your expectations for me as a wife? What if I went out and cheated on you? Would we reconcile? Would we would we come back together? How would you feel about that? And he'd be like, what? Because most men wouldn't put up with that if the wife cheated. Right. Okay? Right, but the, but the women are taking these slobs back all the time. Right. Okay, and, and unrepentant slobs. Right. Okay, and that's caught. what I'm talking about. They're caught, but right. they're, there's no change because... Right. A repentant heart is a changed heart. He's moving in the right direction. And so, based on what she says, it it shows that there's movement in the right direction, even though it might be small. Okay? And after a year, she's saying, well, it's maintenance. Yes, it's maintenance. Um, But I, I would go deeper and see if I could have more conversation with him of, you know, what would he like to, where would you like our marriage to be a year from now, five years from now? Or what would he like to do for the kingdom of God a year from now or five years from now? Because sometimes, too, they might be dwelling too much on the marriage. The marriage could be an idol. Right. So. Which is why they need to get back to church. Right. And focus on the Lord first. Right. Even if he won't go with her, she needs to be there because that's where God's people are. That's where she's going to gain more wisdom. She's going to have more support. Right. And by the way. If you go to church, I'll tell anyone listening to this, if you go to a church where you can't turn around and say to someone, I need to be ministered to today, and and someone doesn't pick up the ball and say, let me pray for you right now, let's, let's go to lunch, find another church. Right. Okay? Because that's you need a church where people support each other. You know, I like going to church. I mean, a big reason is, is that that's where God's people are. Oh, they yeah. are they are all gathered right there. Right, right. And, and even if I don't know these people, and some of them annoy me, frankly, <laughs> but even the ones who annoy me, if I went to them and said, you know what, I'm struggling and I need prayer and I need help, even the ones that annoy me would step up oh, and, yeah. and say, I'm here to minister to you. Yeah, they'd put a hand, uh, an arm around the shoulder. They'd say, let's pray. They'd either ask what's going on. You know, but the body of believers, we put our walls up and we'll say, well, the church isn't very friendly or the church doesn't help me. But a lot of it is they don't know that there's a need unless you tell them. Right. Okay. So unless you got, unless you got a sick church. And if you've ever needed that, then, and you're not in that position to need right now, be that person right. for someone else. Right. Look look around. Go into church and look around and say, who has a need? Who can right. I pray for today? Who can I talk to? Who can I encourage? Yeah. So, you know, there, there certainly has to be um, boundaries, okay? As right. a wife, she has to have those boundaries, but it looks like they've been moving in that direction. You know, and Luke sixteen ten talks about, you know, being faithful in the little things and you'll be faithful in larger ones. And hopefully um, 
this man, because he's been faithful in these little things, he'll start growing and the trust won't be an issue. But, you know, she's gotten some conflicting counsel of your expectations are too high in in this Christian man's life. That's just like, well, that's not in line with what the Bible has right. to say. And that's the last, that's really the last thing I would say is that there is so much advice out there that sounds so great, but everything you hear you must sift it through the word of God. Okay. And, and I'll just tell you for myself, I love motivational stuff. (laughs) And I see these motivational videos on YouTube of all these motivational speakers saying this or that. Okay. I could just buy into everything they're saying, but everything they say, I still have to put that through the word of God. And sometimes they say stuff that's like, uh, uh, the Bible doesn't say that, and I have to cut it out of my mind. Right. The Bible doesn't say that. That's that's opposite of what the Bible says. Okay, this idea, oh, you have to love yourself. No, the Bible doesn't say that. We already do. Yeah, right. Too much. Right. <laughs> love your neighbor as yourself is not, what it says. Right. Not not to put ourselves higher than we ought to, you know? Right. So, so you always, any message you're getting from anywhere, uh, Put that, sift that through the Word of God. And if you don't know the Word of God, uh, get into the Word of God and things will be easier. Decisions will be easier. Wisdom will come faster. Okay. And, and things will be clearer to you. Right. So, right. so I hope that helps. We're Eric and Jolene at uh, joleneengel.com. Until next time, embrace your choice. Before we say goodbye, uh, tell me a little bit more about the Makeover Your Marriage uh, bundle and what's involved in that and what is it? Well, I put together this bundle because I thought when we get married, we we say I do, that's the easy part. And then living out our happily ever after is the part that requires a whole lot of biblical wisdom and intentionality. And so when I was working on this bundle, I thought, gosh, is there a way that I could pull together a tremendous amount of marital wisdom and guidance for your relationship and then give you an opportunity to get away as a couple as well. And so that was really the push to make this product available. So as a guy, when you say bundle, I mean, we're talking about several different courses and resources that you put together, right? Yeah, kind of like the kitchen sink of everything I do here at JoleneNagle.com. Okay, so the first one is we got Christian Wife University. Quickly, what is Christian Wife University? That is an online digital encyclopedia of 48 biblically-based Christ-centered teachings that are done either video, audio, or written messages that I've done that's specifically for the Christian wife to help her really kind of grow into the type of wife that God intended her to be and learn how she could influence her husband to be a better man and inspire him to be a spiritual leader, communicate with him to where he could understand it, and to get him to hear you without nagging. So there's hours of content there. Hours. Hours and hours. The next one is the Wisdom for Wives online conference. What is that and uh, who's involved in that? Okay, that was a program that I put together with 11 other Christ-centered speakers. There's 14 video sessions. They include all sorts of topics of enhancing sexual intimacy or when you're ready to throw in the towel or if there's porn issues or seasons of 
exhausting seasons, difficult seasons, raising kids, and really having another woman help the viewer along so she doesn't feel like she's alone. Okay. The next one is five days to a better marriage e-course. Yes, that's a very simple one that is a very easy way to just go through kind of like a simple boot camp to learn how to draw your husband close and to have a little bit better marriage than what you're already in without having to spend hours and hours of learning. Okay. And then the fourth one is communication and marriage. Yes, this one is, this is a fun one. It's the four, I discussed the four different types of communication and which one works because there's only one that works, but we do communicate (laughs) in four different ways. Nice. Another thing that I discuss is how to be heard and understood, how to create an emotionally safe place for communication and how to deal with a hard and cold heart because I'm always hearing how communication is key and it's just like, well, yes, but no. So let's learn how to communicate. So that's what that workshop is. Okay. So you've put all four of those together and then we have the complimentary two night stay in a deluxe hotel in 50 different locations across the U.S. Now we have together negotiated that to be able to put that into this program, this bundle. We don't know how long we can offer that, but as for right now, that is available, and the whole thing is $97. Is that right? Right. Retail value is over 400 but this whole bundle is 97 bucks. Okay. That's cool. So where can someone get this and find out more about they it? They could go to my website, jolieneengel.com forward slash makeover. Okay. So that's jolieneengel.com forward slash makeover. That's right. Terrific. Everyone go there, get it, check it out. I mean, the hotel stay alone is worth, I don't know. It's what, over $300. $300 yeah. or more. Yeah. Okay. But you get all that plus a hotel stay for just $97. Mm-hmm. That's cool stuff. So that's jolienangle.com forward slash makeover. You cannot pass this up. 97 bucks. I mean, what can you get for 97 bucks? let alone all this information and the two-night stay at a hotel? 